coming up on Art Palace. That's what makes good farce. It is precision comedy. Yeah. You know, those doors slamming. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, tumble down the stairs. Bottle gets tossed up here. Someone grabs an axe, needs to go over here. And yeah, it is, uh, yeah, it is amazing to watch. Welcome to Art Palace, produced by Cincinnati Art Museum. This is your host, Russell Eyrig. Here at the Art Palace, we meet cool people and then talk to them about art. Today's cool person is Jeremy Dubin, Artistic Associate at Cincinnati Shakespeare Company. So you've been with the Shakespeare Theater for a very long time, right? Yeah, yeah, very, very long time. So I, I was talking to my boss today. We were trying to figure out who, who she was asking me who was coming from the theater. And I and we were looking up pictures to like orient myself. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, I think he came to my high school when I was God. probably 18 or something. That's great. That doesn't make me feel old at all. No, Thank I'm you. sorry. Yeah, that's not why I did that. But now, now I like it. No. <laughs> Uh, it's true because because around here, frankly, I'm never the youngest person. So actually, I'm usually like explaining my references to people who are seven to ten years younger than me, and I don't even realize it until we're yeah. talking. I'm like, oh yeah, like oh, I was I was kind of young then. I yeah. remember that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I teach high school students, and it's just it hurts every time you drop a reference. Then they get what? What's that? Oh God, no! Like I can be hip. <laughs> you, you kids like Pearl Jam? Huh? Come on, who do you? <laughs> I'm cool. Yeah, yeah. But so you, but you've been there since the beginning, right? Uh, not since the beginning. I came in in year six, I believe, in the, in the sixth season of the company. So they had uh, actually just moved into the space that that, that we're in uh, now. They're on, on Ray Street, so they moved in the year before. Okay, so what year was that? That was 1999. Okay. So yeah, that probably was my senior year then. <laughs> so like that's probably true, because I was like, I'm pretty sure I remember being there. I, and so, yeah, like uh, it probably, that would have, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I was thinking I was like a senior or so, so. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that was yeah back in the day, and we didn't uh, we didn't have a separate touring company then, so it was just us doing everything. Mm-hmm. So we were out on the road, and then yeah. we'd come back and set up a rehearsal and get in rehearsal and do a yeah. show at night, and then get in the van the next morning. So. <laughs> we were we were younger then. It was, it was easier. <laughs> so you got, you have a separate touring company now that does all that. We do, and actually next year for the first time we've been trying to do this for uh, for a number of years now. We were able to uh, actually completely separate out the touring company. Mm-hmm. So uh, up till now they've been sort of pulling triple duties, <laughs> where they're playing supporting roles on the main stage yeah. in addition to touring and all the workshops and everything they do, yeah. uh, which as you can imagine is a bit of a scheduling nightmare. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Those things to align. So next year, for the first time, they will be their own entity. They will not be on the main stage. Yeah. We'll be doing some understudying, but uh, they will be able to just do that. So we'll be able to send them out more, send them a little further out, and yeah. uh, do do more educational things with them. Well, that's cool. And the it really is like um, tr- like this, the theater still functions like an ensemble theater, right? Like yeah. where everybody. I mean, that's kind of un- is there any? I mean, there really isn't anyone else doing that in the city, is there? Uh, in the city, no, not really. Yeah, uh, and very few in the country. There's really maybe yeah. you know four or five professional resident ensemble companies left. Uh, it's kind of a, a disappearing model, which is very sad. Yeah. 
it's 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 also a funny thing for an audience to go back and kind of see those same people yeah, over and over again. Absolutely, we develop a relationship with them. Uh, they come to know us. We get to know them. It's you know we're a part, a part of the community, which is nice. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's sometimes to a, <laughs> an uncomfortable extent where it's like you know, where people come up and it's like, yeah, I don't know you, you know, right. but they're they're treating you totally. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, you just they, they that's true. That's they probably feel closer to you. It's just like one sided relationship. Yeah, you know? <laughs> we've been very intimate up on stage. I've shown you many things, but yeah, but yeah, you can totally. I mean, I do that all the time with things like people you see over and over again in Mm -hmm. something or you you know I listen to a lot of podcasts and feel like I know Mm -hmm. certain people from them and then you realize like oh this is completely one-sided you know I and it's kind of bizarre like oh they you I know a lot about their life even to this point and you're like oh but that would be it's it's still this like weird wall like you can't quite cross it's, yeah it's very and it's strange. you know we're happy to get to know them after a while but yeah, yeah. That, that initial meeting <laughs> you know, yeah, i do feel like you have an advantage on me uh, yeah right <laughs> uh, but yeah you know but on that it's it's definitely very nice for those in the ensemble getting to work together uh, over a long period of time uh, it just makes things so much easier I was, I was liking it too it's like a good jazz combo you know yeah. the longer you play together the more we're able to just kind of riff and go okay oh yep yep get where you're going okay here now let me do this because I know this will, you know, this will, I see where you're going with it. Right. Uh, and uh, it just makes things easier. And you don't have that kind of initial. <laughs> a lot of times the first time a cast comes together, uh, you know, there's this, uh, this peacocking, you know, mm. and everyone kind of feeling each other out and I'm not sure I trust you and who are you. And yeah. so, so much of the rehearsal process ends up being that, that by the time, you know, you get to do the actual work, it's, it's almost time to open. So probably kind of skip past. Yeah, that. that's nice. And you just kind of, uh, I imagine it makes that kind of even of picking uh, works. I'm sure. Do you th- kind of choose shows already with people in mind in certain ways? Or yeah, very often. You know, uh, yeah. Sometimes it'll be yep. This this perfect show for this for this person. Right, kind of knowing where yeah. your strengths are, who yeah. you've got. Yeah. yeah. You know, other times it's there are things that are happening in the world that it's like I I need to respond to what's happening in the yeah. world, and so that's why we're doing this show, and then hopefully you find the people to fit. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you have? Uh, coming up that you're excited about well we are uh so we just closed richard the third which was uh finally the completion of our five-year journey and then doing <laughs> the entire history cycle chronologically wow. which uh we found out we were actually only the second company in in, in the country ever to have done that oh. so that was that was cool and the other company i think no longer exists so so <laughs> we're taking whatever it. you got so it now we win <laughs> you've we taken win. the ground yeah we won shakespeare uh, <laughs> and it is a competition it is oh yeah people will tell you it's not yeah but they're lying it's brutal right <laughs> people have died uh, <laughs> So, uh, so we just closed that, which is fun. And, and next we have coming up, uh, Raisin in the Sun, uh, which is just uh, tremendous. I'm, uh, we're in rehearsals for that now, and that, that'll open uh, in uh, just a couple weeks. Um, God, it's such a great show. It's the first time we've ever done it. Uh, and, again, these shows that, that unfortunately end up still being timely. Yeah. Know, was, uh, it's a show we have very much about racial relations in, in the United States and, you know, the, the African-American experience. And uh, that, again, right now is feeling particularly resonant. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a wonderful show. We have a guest director in for this one, uh, Chris Edwards out of Nevada. And uh, just a, a terrific cast and ensemble. Jeff Barnes has been with us uh, for, for a couple of years now, Sylvester Little Jr. Uh, Burgess Bird has been an actress in the mm-hmm. area you know, for, for years. Uh, Tori Wiggins, she's done some stuff with us and other stuff all over the city. And uh, just 
amazing, amazing group. And uh, it's already like, and you know, I have a small part, so I get to just kind of sit and watch <laughs> and get the chills. <laughs> yeah. So do you, do you guys, uh, how often do you work with guest directors? Um, you know, we uh, usually have uh, one or two, sometimes three a season. And, you know, we're really trying to, to expand that out too mm -hmm. and, and, and meet more, more and more people uh, that we, you know, want to come in and, and work with. And, of course, the longer we're around, and is, uh, you know, our, our organization has been growing and that reputation has been growing. We've been having more interest from people coming in. Uh, and we're also, we're part of uh, something called the Shakespeare Theater Association, okay. uh, which is an international organization, actually. Shakespeare Theater is all over. Uh, all over the world, and uh, they have a conference every year, which we're actually hosting next year, which was a big, big get for us. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati and our our new theater, which we're hoping to God is done. Uh, yeah, I was just about to ask. Like, I'm assuming next year you're going to be in the new space. But... Yeah, we are, we're we're all assuming, you know. So barring, you know, <laughs> we don't find out that we've accidentally just have built... to get, hand out hard hats at That's the beginning right. if if it's not quite ready. Yeah. Just be like, this is a hard hat. Just be careful. So. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> just look out for beams overhead or anything. a lot of screaming over the jackhammers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's and then we've met uh, some uh, guest directors through that. Yeah, who, who uh, and actually that's how how we met Chris was, was through that. Cool. So the new theater is in uh, OTR. OTR, yeah, and it's uh, it's pretty close to the School for Creative and Performing Arts, right? Yeah, right it's, across the street. Okay, that's why I was I was kind of doing a little bit of research ahead of time, and I I I didn't honestly know. I was like. Oh, they're getting a new theater. That's so exciting. Uh, so, uh, but it looks, I mean, the new, the new space looks really beautiful. Yeah. And it, it means, what are you looking forward to most about having a new theater? Oh, so many things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll, uh, we got some elbow room, which is the main thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, literally in some cases backstage is, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tight, it's, a tight it's space. really tight. And we have essentially no wing space back. So where, you know, the current space was a converted movie theater. He's right. it, was, it was the movies. The movies it was called, yeah. yeah. It was an art house. And then, uh, once that went out of business, you know, we, we came in, moved in. Uh, and so those are two very different things, yeah. <laughs> different mediums and different needs, right? So it's basically just a little shoebox, right? So we have, there's really no wing space. There's virtually no overhead mm -hmm. space. And like even simple things like just trying to like carry a bed on stage. It's like, if you don't have wing space, I try to figure out how to make that corner around and work Jimmy and through. Uh, so just, yeah, things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and really having to, uh, we get very creative, which the designers have, to their credit, have done amazing things in that space. Where it's like, you know, there's no way we should have been able to do. You know, we did a, a Grapes of Wrath there a couple of years ago, which has, you know, it rains. There's a river. There's a truck. I'm like, this is insane. We can't. How do we, we can't do the show, but we did the show, and they found a way uh, to make it work. But um, you know, being able to have room to really build up, to have you know, two story uh, sets, to have, you know, yeah. we're going to be a show we've always we've been ch champing at the bit to do uh is noises off we're all oh, kind of, wow. kind of big comedy nerds <laughs> in the company yeah. and we're like oh we, we need you know greatest farce ever written uh and so it is part of our first season in the new space because you know you need the height yeah. in there to be you know it's a set that needs to to rotate and all this. yeah so, uh, so things like that. So we're, we're real excited about that. Yeah. And if maybe just describe a little, if people don't, aren't, I'm, I'm just sitting here going like, yeah, yeah. Cause I know the show, but you should tell <laughs> okay. people a little bit about noise off. Cause I think it is such a cool show. Uh, so yeah, it's true. It is. It's, uh, I think it's the greatest farce ever written. Right? Mm. And it's, it's a, a bit of a kind of meta play, but it's about a, you know, a group of actors putting on a British farce. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, you discover, you know, 
with early on within the first scene, right? You're just watching the scene play out, and the director calls out from the from the house, you know, stop, stop, hold on, and comes down and realizes they're rehearsing this play, and uh, so then it ends up being very much about the people putting on the play, mm -hmm. and uh, so the second act, uh, the entire thing rotates, and you're backstage, and there's all this drama that's developed between <laughs> the characters, and so there's all these, you know, people trying to sabotage the other actors, all this going on backstage, so you're hearing the play that they're doing going on, but that's actually now backstage, yes. right? And on stage is backstage. You're watching everything that's happening there. Uh, there's just lots of stairs and doors and, uh, and sardines. <laughs> when it really requires uh, just kind of amazing timing, right? Yes. For that to coordinate the backstage front stage, you know, what's happening between yeah. both that they're perfectly lined up and you're, yeah. you know, it's just kind of an incredible machine to watch happen yeah, that it has yeah, to be so perfect that's what makes good farce it is precision comedy yeah. you know those doors slamming boom 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 yeah tumble down the stairs bottle gets tossed up here someone grabs an axe needs to go over here and yeah it is uh, yeah it is amazing to watch we've yeah. done well it's you're just in awe watching this thing yeah that's awesome. That's I, I now you're you're selling me. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. go. Buy tickets. They're available now. <laughs> can you really buy tickets already? You can really buy tickets okay. already. They they recently went on sale for our for our, our inaugural season in the new space. Nice, yeah. nice. Anything else you're looking forward to about the having a new theater that you? Yeah, I mean, it's also just gonna be nice to be over in that uh, that part of town, yeah. which is just so happening right now. We're right across from Washington Park, which is beautiful. We're right down from Music Hall, Memorial yeah. Hall. But imagine as a theater for you guys, you know, it'd be nice to have like dining and things yeah. around, you know, that would attract people to come and stay in that area and kind of uh, be a part of that. So yeah, I could imagine that having you know a place where people can go and really make a night of it, go yeah. have dinner, go see a show. And go to a bar afterwards is kind of uh, is nice and That's not a dream yeah not that i mean go to a bar before as well yeah <laughs> you want to see loosen theater up. the way it's meant to be seen <laughs> drunk that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the more the more you drink the better we are <laughs> uh, it's funny is you just get funnier and funnier and, and more handsome gosh wow yeah. it just keeps it's amazing how this works what is this magic potion you've given me <laughs> it's uh it's also the other it's a thrust stage which is uh, gonna be you know we're very much in a proscenium right yeah. now and so uh being uh, surrounded by the audience on three sides is gonna be cool and we're gonna kind of have to retrain ourselves yeah and, i mean to how you direct shows yeah, definitely yeah. like have to figure that out that's something that's going to be very different for you. Yeah. But, yeah. but the upside of it is, uh, so even though we're actually, we're increasing our, our seating capacity, but uh, with that thrust, uh, the farthest any seat will ever be from the stage is 20 feet. Oh, nice. There's no, no seat farther than 20 feet away from the stage. Yeah, that's really, that's very, very intimate still. Yeah. So it's not like, yeah, you're, you're still keeping that intimacy that you have in the current space. So that's great. Yeah. Well, I thought we could go look at some, some art. If you're game. I'm game. Okay. <laughs> and I've, I've got, uh, I've been actually saving this piece for you because oh. every time uh, I, I keep thinking of like pe good pieces to look at, this is always one I'm like, oh, we could look at that. I'm like, no, no, I have to wait until the Shakespeare Theater. Right, this has been on reserve. This is then, so, so this is your piece. So We've had this date from the beginning, Blanche. Better not ruin it, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I make no promises, but uh, yeah, I'll try. So 
So we are sitting in front of a painting called now. See, here's the point where I, I yeah. we, we call this painting about like three different things. So oh, I'm trying okay. to remember what the actual label says. Right. Um, I'm pretty sure on the label it'll it'll say Act Four, uh, Scene Five. Ah, well, I think. Oh my gosh, can you read it from here? I can't actually read uh, it. Oh. No, well, Ophelia and Laertes is what it says. Here. See, they changed it. Okay, yeah. see, uh -huh. sometimes people call it Ophelia and Laertes. The, uh -huh. This is a new label, okay. and I've seen it called uh, Act Four, Scene Five. I've uh. seen it called Ophelia and Laertes, and yeah. I remember there was a time where we called it one thing in our handbook, and we called it another thing on the wall, and it's always like, I mean, that's the thing about um, painting titles is they're not white is written in stone as a lot of people might think that's interesting um, yeah. you know like sometimes we know this is what the artist wanted to call it uh -huh. and sometimes we know that and we don't even care what the artist <laughs> wanted to call it right we're calling it judy <laughs> yeah exactly i mean we have um for instance um under the painting by van gogh that we call undergrowth with two figures mm -hmm. in his uh his writings and his letters he only ever calls it undergrowth huh I don't know. So, I mean, there isn't, there are other Van Gogh paintings that are just called undergrowth. So at a certain point, somebody probably decided to call it undergrowth with two figures just to distinguish it from the others. Sure. Um, so it might've been a practical decision. I don't really yeah. know. This is just me guessing. So, uh -huh. um, but yeah, it's like museums and owners and, and different things do a, change titles over time and, and so yeah. there's a lot of popular titles that are not really what paintings are called. Like Whistler's mother is not uh -huh. called Whistler's mother. It's called, composition in black and gray number two maybe or so. i don't know it's, it's, it's less sketchy yes it's something like that yeah, you know yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's 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 a very like dry composition blah 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 that does not uh, refer to the subject matter at all right. and of course that's kind of the point but um but that's not what we're talking about we're right, not right, talking right, about right, whistler right. No, no, right. <laughs> we're talking Look at, we're, we're gonna talking go back in time we're right. gonna, <laughs> we're not talking about him we're talking about benjamin west Benjamin west the, act four Scene five. But we're not calling it that. We're calling yeah. it Ophelia and Ophelia Laertes, and apparently Laertes Which is nice. I like Somebody, that. Nobody sent me the memo, but yeah. Man, I mean, it's loop. not just Ophelia and Laertes. So it, no, we it, got some other folks in there. Yeah, yeah it's it, like uh, we've got uh, Claudius and then Gertrude up there. Uh, I don't know who those other guys are. <laughs> yeah, I think those are just folks that uh, Benjamin West just kind of made up. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it is, people you know, in the court. What is interesting, it is, you know, supposed to be, I think you forget, it's supposed to be somewhat of a public uh, scene. It's in the in yeah. the courtroom, you know, but or in the uh, in the the throne room. But uh, yeah, often there would be, the whole court would be there, the attendants, and uh, you know, due to budgetary restrictions of theaters, <laughs> we don't right. we don't get all that. You right, know? exactly. That's what I was thinking. It's like, well, it's probably a practical thing that yeah. you normally wouldn't probably fill out a whole court just because it's like there's already a lot of people in Hamlet. Yeah, like that's right. you got a lot of roles to cast already yeah, and we, you know we're not really looking to f fill up the the court with looky loos yeah, which is got, what we've got, got here. to pay those people. I mean sometimes here you know, there was traditions that you know for for a while the people tried these casts of thousands make these yeah. epic things on stage but yeah it's uh, it gets pricey. <laughs> uh, so yeah it's um it's big yeah, yeah, it is big. Um, it's, a, it's probably the first thing. I mean, that I, I'm glad you said that because I do feel like people are afraid. To, I, I'm serious. People are afraid to talk about the obvious okay. when they look at art. Like, yeah. I think people are, you know, a lot of times people feel like they have to come up with something very smart. And and sometimes I think the, the obvious things are actually Im very important. Like, yeah, it's big. And I always think of that is that these people are actually slightly probably larger than life size yeah so but it does have the kind of effect of especially if where we're sitting on the the bench here 
it does kind of put them at like kind of stage level. That's true. Yeah, to that's us. Interesting. Yeah. And, and it kind of, by being life size from, you know, when most places you're looking at it, it has that kind of feeling of, of being about theater in that way of like yeah. watching a show. Yeah. And no, I would agree with that. And looking uh, over at Laertes here, even the other, that it looks, yeah, very theatrical. It looks like an actor, you know, like this is a painting of a scene, uh, you know, of a play rather than of the actual thing. If that, Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of a weird thing to think about, like the actual thing, right? Like, <laughs> but, but there is this idea of like the the perfect idea of this thing that ha- exists that is like never will fully be realized right. in a way, yeah, but like you know, that's the the real thing right here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a very you know almost that kind of melodramatic, almost <laughs> you know, stereotypical Shakespearean gesture of you know up up to the gods. Yeah, I think I talked about this actually when we were looking at another painting. So sorry, sorry if you've listened to me say this thing, but we were talking about another painting, this one right here, um, the uh, Italian comedians, oh, mm-hmm. and talking about how like kind of dark the sky is behind them. And this one kind of has the same thing going on oh, where yeah. if you imagine a real sky outside, mm-hmm. if if say you were to take a photograph of this moment, um, the sky would probably be much, much brighter right. and these people would be almost silhouetted against it. But this almost has the effect of like kind of theater lighting of right. like a, a backdrop right. that is yeah. um, not lit as well as the people up front yeah. uh, to kind of give natural focus. So it's kind of an interesting other thing that's like maybe theatery reference, maybe just like, hey, this is how I want to paint this picture and I know how to like draw attention to certain things. Right, and it's, yeah, it's dark and brooding, so, you know, it's, it's a dark scene. Uh, yeah, but it's, 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 it's art with an exclamation point, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a painting that does draw a lot of people into it and I think that's why I was so excited you said that it's big. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, really, that's probably the number one reason a lot of people stop and look at it. I, scope is everything. I don't, yes. I don't, I don't think, I mean, uh, probably a lot of people figure it out or, you know, some of them read the label, but I don't think most people are like, stop here because they're like, oh, this is a classic scene from Hamlet. You right. know, like, yeah, I think yeah. they just stop because like, oh, this is a big painting and there's people in it. And yeah. then, you know, I think there's a lot of things. It's, it's really fun to look at this painting with, um, audiences who don't necessarily know the story oh sure and we do that a lot especially i it's a it's a fun one just to kind of talk about how stories are told uh-huh. and do, do people have theories on on what's going on if they don't know the story yeah yeah i mean i'll look at it with kids and you know a lot of times we talk about sort of the way the emotion like the different emotions on people's faces yeah. that we have here um just because ophelia is so noticeably different than the rest of the the crowd yes well she's she's going through a thing she's 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 having a moment she's yeah <laughs> she's having a, a little fit for, yeah. for ophelia yeah yeah um and you have you know uh, claudius and gertrude which uh-huh. who look kind of you know angry and guilty and yeah you know there's a, there's a lot of different things going on i mean Nobody usually, if you ask a five-year-old to like, oh, what do you think's coming on? They, they don't usually come up with the actual plot of Hamlet, as you might <laughs> expect. It's, it's, yeah, it's a bit, bit dense, <laughs> a bit Byzantine. They usually assume that uh, these two are a, a couple in some oh, way. Uh-huh, so sure. that's one of the things that usually is a little bit of a surprise. If somebody doesn't know the story, they, they don't quite assume they are brother and sister sure though i could see that you know you just kind of by the the maybe the touch and the closeness you just kind of assume they're right and they have very different uh colorings yeah she's uh very blonde he's very brunette 
That's true. They don't. They don't have a lot of yeah any sort of sibling uh, similarities there. Yeah. yeah. What I think is cool that I'm really digging now is kind of is that looking at at uh, Claudius and Gertrude, it, neither of them are willing to look at what's happening. Right. Which yeah. is really, really cool, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, which, which is, I think, exactly what happens when someone comes in. You have a crazy person come in the room. You, you, you don't want to make eye contact. Totally. So, like, it's like I mean, if you've, you've ever been on like a New York subway and yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, a person could walk onto a New York subway like I, I think like an elephant could walk onto a New York subway and everyone would just keep like reading and yep. like looking down. No, nobody. Don't engage. 100% unfazed. You know, they've seen it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you, yeah. And you definitely do not like want to make eye contact. Yeah. So, yeah I think Gertrude really she, she looks a little bored. Oh, this again. Mm. <laughs> oh, sigh. So angsty, Ophelia. <laughs> And I keep just getting drawn to that guy in the middle, though. With the he does get a lot of attention. The green hat and a stick, and I. Who is that guy? Yeah, he's just a little too well framed. Yeah. I think in this painting to not be like anyone who matters, and he's got this kind of crazy like Santa hat. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like inevitably that would be the role I would be playing. Is, is that guy? <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be you'd be Santa stick man. <laughs> Santa stick man. <laughs> the, he's the get, immortal. I wonder if he's the guy who like is ready to kind of like poke her out of the room basically like get out of here crazy it's the, the royal poker yeah exactly like when a crazy person comes into the court you yeah. the royal poker comes yeah. and pokes them with a long stick to That's make it. sure they leave it's carved by master artisans yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a bit I, guess, I don't know i guess it could be horatio he's in that scene but i, I don't know <laughs> yeah it's such a silly hat it is a silly silly hat yeah and then I, but I do love these ladies. I, I do like the kind of like whispering soldiers yeah. over here and yeah. these two ladies. It is, you know, it just brings back that idea of this being such a, a public scene, which is sometimes lost in the things. Yeah. Uh, that I, I think also sometimes gets lost in this is uh, the, the songs that she's singing uh, are, uh, are wildly inappropriate. They are very bawdy mm-hmm. songs, uh, which sometimes gets missed. It's not uh, necessarily evident if you don't know. And, and so that this is this, this young lady singing about these things. So there's a level of scandal even beyond mm-hmm. her just being crazy and barefoot as she is in here, coming in, going around, having lost it. But also, you know, it's just very talking about some very sexual things that may or may not give us a window into her relationship with, with Hamlet and uh, what, what they might have been up to before he, uh, you know, told her to get to a nunnery. Yeah. And nunnery not being where nuns are either, right? Uh, no, nunnery is. Yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I so, thought it had like a kind of a double meaning of like a brothel or something too. Oh, yeah. Most things do. Yeah. <laughs> Shakespeare. <laughs> can always assume. <laughs> it's always at least a double meaning. Right, uh, right. But yeah. Yes. And in that sense, he is saying to her, A, either, you know, go because you shouldn't breed because if you breed... You're only going to breed monsters. You know, yeah. we're all we're all terrible. So go go to a nunnery where you won't breed. Or women are all whores. So yeah, go to a go what to a, a charmer. Yeah, he was a he was a romantic old yeah. old Billy Wigglesword. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know the uh, flowers have like different connotations too. Like we get the flowers she's dropping here, and and right. she's. In the scene, I remember she's giving out different flowers to different people, and they kind of each have a... Yeah, here's Rue. That's for remembrance. Here's... Uh, I forget what he, each of them are for. Yeah. ones, But each one represents something as flowers did. They had a particular uh, characteristic that was associated right. with them. 
So yeah, it's a, it, it seems like maybe at, at first glance, like, oh, she's a crazy lady handing out flowers, but yeah. it, you know, there's of course a deeper meaning to eat each flower she's giving yes. and, and why she's giving it to that particular person too. A, a method in her madness, oh, if you will. Oh, look at you. That's right. That's from Hamlet, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it? That is, yeah. That's yeah. one of those great like uh, expressions Shakespeare created that yeah. we just like use all the time. And yeah, so many. There's, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, Into Thin Air, that was his. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Give the devil his due. Oh, yeah. He also in- invented the word puke, which I always enjoy. What? Yeah. I never heard that one. That was good. So yeah. where, where does puke appear? Uh, that's in As You Like It. That's in uh, the uh, All the Worlds of Stage, The Seven Ages of Man, when he talks about uh, the, the infants mewling and puking in the nurse's arms. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you, Shakespeare. I know. Right? <laughs> Thank you so much. I mean, he did other stuff, too. But yeah, yeah, yeah but he know. gave us puke. So. He gave us puke. That's I what mean, my students the, always enjoy hearing yeah. about. <laughs> Yeah, well, this painting um, originally uh, was supposed to be for, uh, they had this project that somebody decided they were going to make a gallery of Shakespeare paintings mm-hmm. that depicted uh, different scenes. Uh, Benjamin West did at least two of them, I know. Um, he did also King Lear. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, then I know uh, Joshua Reynolds did a portrait of Puck. Oh, nice. Um, those are the only ones I think I've seen from it because they pretty much never got the project off the ground. Like yeah. it, they, they got a few paintings and then it it went belly up. There's there's a lot of plays. Yeah, <laughs> and so so they they just never the, the gallery never happened. the The business plan was that they were going to make um, prints based on the paintings that they would oh, sell. Sure. So you would take home, you know, buy a print for for much cheaper and take that home. So there is also a print version of this painting that w- uh-huh. was produced that you can you can find out there. Um, it's kind of interesting because some of the it's a color print, um, but some of the colors are reversed from the picture, like uh-huh. um, the, mostly the reds and greens. And I don't exactly know why they did that, other than maybe they just felt it worked better in that format. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure because I remember. Uh, Claudius's um, cape is uh-huh. red, and the rest of his outfit is kind of green. Huh. So, and I, I want to say Laertes as well. Like he, I think he's maybe in green in it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And a lot of times, the people who worked on like Benjamin West wouldn't have done the print sure. either. So, another artist would have come in and, and made a print based on his painting. I, so, that's interesting. I mean, in some ways, they have parallels uh, what happens in Shakespeare all the time, where you get uh, editors who will come in. Oh, true. And, and, and especially and change this word or change that word or yeah. change this punctuation or that. And, well, yeah. especially Hamlet is like the most like edited, right? Like, yeah, there's, well, sure. I mean, you have the folio, you have the quarto, you have the bad quarto. Yeah. Uh, and then, yes, you know, once you get editors in there, you get those, you know, editions of, of the books where it's like, yeah, like, it's like two lines of, of, of the actual play of dialogue and the rest is just footnotes, you know, oh, on yeah. that page. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, it's, it's so long. <laughs> it is a long play. Yeah. It's, it's quite long. Uh, then yeah, you know, you have people like like Kenneth Branagh, God love him, <laughs> to go. All right, I'm gonna do it uncut on yeah. film, and uh, you know, and you have a four and a half hour movie, uh, yeah. which eh, is a little much for me. Yeah, yeah like eh, 
Yeah, you know, Shakespeare's time was different. You were there for the for the afternoon. It was a whole day affair. You you traveled to London, you know, right. by, you'd walked or ridden your horse. So you were there for the day, and you watch an act, and then you'd go out and have some meat pies, do some bear baiting, <laughs> <laughs> what have you, you know, come back, watch another act. So it was a whole... No, yeah, no. you wouldn't. I mean, you would feel let down if you you got a a, a quick ninety minute affair. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I got back on the donkey cart and go back. Yeah, You're like what was this? <laughs> Came all the way to London. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's long, but yeah, to see you know, that people feel they can go in and kind of change things up. Yeah, uh, it's uh, yeah. I uh, I'd get a print of that. You'd get a print. I'm sure. Why not? Well, you would have kept that gallery alive if there had only been <laughs> there had only been more of you. Now, what was is the painter? Was he uh, British or American? Oh, you are asking such good questions oh, you. that you probably didn't even know were were real good setups there. I, I did not. Um, so interesting fact: he was uh, an American who moved to England and became the court painter for King George oh, wow. during the American Revolution. Ah, crazy so, King George. Yeah, so what a, what a fun time to be an American, right, and working for the king. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, so he, it's, it actually is one of those people that gets, you might see him in other museums put in with British painters, and sometimes he gets put in with American painters. Okay. And yeah, it's a little bit of a tricky thing because when somebody is you know we a lot of times we'll have uh, artists who are born in other countries but end up doing most of the work they're known for in America we kind of lump them in with american art sure. and so he often in the reverse way gets kind of lumped in with british art because he was living there working there was mm-hmm. you know um a part of that world so yeah he made a lot of paintings uh, a lot of uh paintings for the king and was famous for working at this scale oh, as wow. well. So he did a lot of big paintings like this as well. So his other his other Shakespeare one is this size. You know what? I I'm not sure. Uh, I can't remember because I I haven't seen it in person. Except I want to say there was a version of it. Uh, don't quote me on this, but I think in Detroit that is the King Lear. And but it could have been an oil study because in my memory it was very small. Um, so it might have been a study for a larger version, which may or may not have ever been finished. So sorry, I'm I'm not up on my details on the other paintings, but um, yeah, he, I I have I want to say I saw it there, and and make a note of this to cut out if I'm totally wrong. Because <laughs> what what, hide, what hide your shame? I know. Like, <laughs> I'll have to do the research later because I'm just like, I, uh, I don't want to just sound like a total idiot if no, I'm just no, like, no. like everyone go to Detroit right now. <laughs> go look for this painting. Well, and I listen to this podcast and based on that, I, I, I booked this here. trip. Hi, right? I'm here. <laughs> Welcome to Detroit, sir. It's a beautiful museum if you haven't been, actually. I would say that. It's, 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 it's a really great collection. So oh, right on. They, they have uh, some really amazing plenty of amazing work so there's more to see if even if i let you down even if you if your detroit plan trip to go see this painting that may or may not be there they got some other stuff <laughs> they got they got some other stuff all yeah. right cool. it's a big it's a big museum yeah um so yeah they uh but yeah that's that's kind of the uh the fun facts about benjamin west i mean there, there's more but you know that's that's the that's the good stuff um the other fun fact about this painting is this is one of the first paintings the museum owned. Oh, really? Yeah. So, how did, how did that come to be? Uh, you know, it, actually, uh, we'll go look over here. We'll, we're going to stand up. We're going to move All our right, whole operation a little bit closer because I want to uh, 
see, I remember it was it was given to us by yeah Joseph Longworth. So you know another Cincinnati uh, big name here in the city. The Longworth family uh, gave it to us. Um, the yeah it tells us here on the label one of the stories I was just about to say and like that the. I like how we word this oral tradition maintains that the painting was brought down the Ohio river on a flat boat, um, which is a nice, right. Oral tradition. Legend has it. Days of yore. Yeah. A tale was told. Uh, Yeah, I know. It's just kind of one of those. I was about to say it and I'm kind of glad they, they put it because I'm like, I don't know how true this is. There's lots of stories about art that you kind of go like, this is what everyone says. I, well, same with Shakespeare. We don't know. A lot know, of stories about Shakespeare. We're, but it's, we're, we're guessing. It's fun to imagine yeah. it on a big like barge basically going down the river. But um, Exactly. This could be your little uh, Museum 101 lesson here. So this is an accession number. And what the accession number does is if you look at the first part of the number before the period, that is the year the museum acquired the artwork. And then the number after the period is the uh, order. So that was the 230th piece we re- acquired in 1882. Oh, and cool. so what's interesting is that this was, so we acquired this in 1882. The museum was founded in 1881 huh. and the building was built in 1886. So they just kept it outside till then? Yeah, just on the, <laughs> actually, you know, it was probably a music hall. Oh, sure. So before we uh, opened, a lot of the artwork was exhibited at music hall. Oh, wow. uh, which was built a few years before. So, um, yeah, that's, I don't know for, again, this is me just assuming, but sure. that's where I, you know, I'm assuming it was since it was such a major part of the collection. And if you look at old pictures of the museum, you'll always see it like they had it in the, what we now call the Great Hall, which was a big chunk of the museum then. So they used it for actually showing a lot of artwork, but it would be like basically dangling over one of those balconies. They, they kind of hung, they had a different way of hanging things well, in the sure. late 19th century. They, it was a different time. It really was, you know, we have a very different sensibility about how art should be hung. So you know, we wouldn't do that today, probably. Yeah, I'm also, this is cool that before Nicholas Longworth, it was uh, Robert Fulton owned it. The, uh, the inventor. Yeah. Which is cool. Well, did you have anything else you wanted to, any other last thoughts about uh, Ophelia and Laertes here? Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's lovely. The other thing that I do like is seeing, uh, you know, we have the flowers in her hair and her hand, but then sort of the embroidered flowers there along the gown and then flowers down on the floor. It's just sort of this lovely cascade. It's, yeah, it's, one thing uh, that just reminded me, I forgot to mention is, so a few years ago I did a talk about this painting and I actually had... Um, your uh, teen group, the Groundlings, oh, yeah. helped me with it. And so they came and actually performed it uh, for, so it was a small group and I actually didn't tell the group we were going to do it. So that like, we just kind of uh, surprised them. And in the middle of it, like we just had the scene happen while they thought they were just going to a gallery talk. But it was really interesting because I basically was like, you know, kind of going through the the play and trying to figure out like, when does this moment happen? 
Mm-hmm. And it was really hard because you kind of realize like it doesn't happen. Right. Like it's it's a little bit of a sort of an amalgam. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you kind of realize oh, that's like a freedom that the artist gets that's a little different. You know, mm-hmm. that he's trying to kind of capture the best of essentially of all of the different things that are kind of happening in the scene over time. Yeah. And he's got to put it into one scene, right? And in one specific moment. And I remember trying to kind of set this moment up, and it was really hard because it just doesn't want to be there <laughs> like it just doesn't want to and i still forced it in there sometimes because, yeah sometimes you got to shoehorn things yeah. in because i was like it's gonna be cool we're standing in front of it we got to make this happen you <laughs> come know on, people. come on um and so i tried trying my darndest and uh we did it but it was a little clunky <laughs> i felt if i want to critique my own uh, amateur directing well so. you know you know you know better next time <laughs> <laughs> that was the moment though i had to have happen so yeah, yeah. oh that's so cool oh well, yeah well well thank you for joining me today jeremy that was an absolute pleasure thanks for having me sure Thank you for listening to Art Palace. We hope you'll come visit the Cincinnati Art Museum and have conversations about the art yourself. General admission to the museum is always free and we also offer free parking. Special exhibitions on view right now are Dress to Kill, Japanese Arms and Armor, Transcending Reality, The Woodcuts of Kosaka Gajin, and The Poetry of Place, William Clift, Linda Connor, and Michael Kenna. A program you might be interested in is Fandom, The Golden Girls, on Saturday, March 25th. Take a break from the cheesecake, throw on your favorite moo-moo, and head to the museum for a gallery talk filled with lots of snarky comments and life lessons. So I was correct about the Benjamin West painting in Detroit that I mentioned, and I will include links to it, as well as the larger version found at the Museum of Fine Arts Boston in the show notes. For program reservations and more information, visit CincinnatiArtMuseum.org. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even Snapchat. Our theme song is Offrande Musicale by Bacalao. And as always, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. But only if you're giving us five stars. I'm Russell Eyrig, and this has been Art Palace, produced by the Cincinnati Art Museum. <laughs>